Ladies and gentlemen, Leon Sylvester here. Welcome back to the channel. And in today's video, we're going to be breaking down five ways that alcohol seduces you to drinking it. Now, if we think about that word seduction, alcohol is a very seductive substance because if we look at the way that it's portrayed, if we look at the imagery behind it, we are led to believe that this is going to be one of the best things that we've ever had in our lives. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not saying that you're somehow weak if you fall for these tricks because I fell for it. You know, I was seduced by alcohol for 10 years. It was 10 years of, of just binge drinking and chaos. And now I'm in the position that I'm in today that I'm no longer being seduced by alcohol. It's almost like getting out of a bad relationship where you were seduced into that relationship in the first place. So this is going to be the inside knowledge of alcohol, right? It's going to be like the tricks that are being played on you, the ways that you are being seduced. Then if you know this, then you're going to be able to rise above. You're going to be able to kind of go like, I see this for what it is. I see this as nonsense. So I think you guys are going to love this video. I think it's going to blow you away. And I think if anything, by the end of this video is you're really going to have five key pieces of information that you're going to be able to carry with you into the outside world. You're going to be able to just quickly be able to go, whoa, like, I'm not listening to this. So listen, make sure to watch this whole video. You are going to love it. Now, just before we get into the video itself, if you do want to get access to a free video training that shows you exactly how to control your drinking using something called first principles thinking, make sure to click the link in the description. There'll be a video that you can watch there that really teaches you how to control your drinking, but you don't need to use things like AA and willpower and rehabs or anything like that. And instead we use a mental model that relies on logic instead of guilt and shame. So make sure to click the link in the description for that in-depth video training. And guys, just let me know in the comment section below, what is your main motivator to not drink alcohol? What is it that's motivating you to watch these videos, do the work, all of that stuff? Let me know in the comments. But for now, let's get into the video. So the very first way that alcohol seduces you to drinking it is in the branding and imagery of the product. Now, if we think about the way the alcohol is portrayed, not the reality of what's really happening, right? The way that it's portrayed as a product in the branding, in the imagery, in the marketing, how is it portrayed? Well, there are a few words that come up depending on which alcohol or which ethanol we're talking about. If we think about wine, you're going to see a lot of sophistication, wine tasting events, high class. You're going to see a classy brand. That's how it is. It's, it's a classy thing. It's wine. Then on the other hand, whiskey, you know, whiskey, it might be associated with business and success. And then you might see beer, which is more of like a, a relaxing drink, something that you drink to kind of kick back and, and chill out with. Now, here's the thing. The drug in all of these different versions of, of alcoholic drinks is the exact same. The drug doesn't change in the, in the, the bourbon to the wine to the beer to whatever else right? The drug is the exact same thing. Yet, we are almost led to believe that this drug is going to have different effects in different scenarios, right? It's like we have the drug with grapes at this point, And you know, that's sophisticated. But then we have the drug in a more neat form. And, and it's, you know, it's like, it's all a bunch of nonsense. It's the same drug that's just being portrayed in a different way through, you know, millions, billions of dollars spent on marketing and branding and imagery. And we're led to believe that this product, this thing is a really valuable thing, a really beneficial thing that, that's just going to enhance our lives. And if we think about the reason why anybody buys anything, people buy things because they want to align with a different version of them. So basically, you, you know, people that say, let's say they drink wine, that product is associated with sophistication. So the individual that buys the product thinks that they're aligning themselves with that version of them that is sophisticated, that is, you know, classy and all of that stuff. And really, you know, it, it's all an illusion. 
It's all a bunch of nonsense, right? The way that alcohol is portrayed is just so far away from the truth of what that drug really does for people. You know, you're not going to see people with liver cirrhosis being advertised. You're not going to see people with black eyes. You're not going to see people that their partners have left them, their kids are just disgraced at them. We don't see that side of alcohol. We see sophistication. We see happiness. We see good times. We don't see the truth. And it is just so in your face when you can see alcohol for what it is, right? When you know that it's ethanol, that it's a drug that does nothing for you, you will see this the, 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 this, this marketing as just absolute utter nonsense. And this is really the first thing that you need to start being mindful of. When you see the branding, the imagery of alcohol, and you're able to kind of go, hang on, wait a minute, that's when things get interesting because that's when you stop being influenced. And that's why I say building a paradigm where you see alcohol for what it is, is so important because we are bombarded with this every day. We're bombarded with it in 500 different angles all day, every day. And you need to be able to just say, listen, I'm just not buying into it. Sure, you can show me this, you can portray it in this way, but I'm not doing it. So that's the first way that alcohol seduces us. Now, the second one is going to be a little bit different, and it's in resveratrol studies. Now, I recently made a video talking about ways that alcohol can negatively affect our bodies. And basically, before making that video, as I was doing a bit of research, and I was you know, I think I was uh, researching like wine health benefits or something like that. And one of the very first articles that I clicked on was a new study. And the, the headline was something, I can't remember the exact details, so apologies if I get this wrong. But the headline was something like, wine drinkers may live X amount of years longer. Anyway, as I looked into that study, the study wasn't on wine. It was on one of the compounds um, that's found in wine was virtual. And in the study itself, there was nobody that ever drank wine. There was no kind of study done on wine itself. It was just on this compound. So the headline then read, you know, wine drinkers may, I don't know, reduce heart disease or live longer or whatever it was. And if you think about what the typical person does is they might be scanning your news website and just reading headlines and, and figuring out if they want to read a story. And let's just say, you know, that individual had promised themselves that they weren't going to drink alcohol that night. You know, they're scanning the headlines. They see this headline, they see this headline, then boom, wine drinkers may live five years longer, whatever it was. Now, let's say that that individual doesn't even click on the article, doesn't read it, doesn't go into the literature, doesn't read the science. They just read that headline. But the drinker was, you know, they're craving alcohol. They've had a really long, stressful day, but they promised themselves that they wouldn't drink. Everything just goes out the window. They just think, screw it. I'll just go and get a bottle of wine then. I won't, I won't drink beer. I won't drink whiskey. I'll just drink wine. Wine's apparently healthy. It's just insanity, right? And these studies just kind of pop up every, every here and now. Like you'll just see that headline that will just come up out of nowhere. Yet we don't see the hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of studies that are showing that alcohol is causing cancer. Alcohol is, is messing with your brain. It's, it's making you add weight. You don't see the negative studies pop up a lot. But somehow, you know, the one in, one in 1,000 studies that pop up that kind of portray alcohol in a good way, where they use elusive language, which is like, you know, alcohol may help you. It may decrease the risk of whatever. When we see that, that seduces us. That almost tricks us because there is no benefit to consuming alcohol. Alcohol drinkers don't live longer. Alcohol is one of the biggest causes of death in the world. So how can we come up with these bizarre headlines that somehow alcohol is healthy, right? All it is is ethanol. It's a poison. How can putting a little bit of poison in your body be healthy at all? It's not healthy. There's nothing healthy about it. It does nothing for you whatsoever. So just be careful. Just be careful when you see these headlines that pop up in the news or you might see a headline on YouTube or whatever that kind of says that there is a benefit to consuming poison because there is no benefit. So don't fall for it. Which leads me into the third way that alcohol seduces people and it's the ambassadors. Now, the interesting thing with alcohol is that, you know, they, they do spend millions, you know, the companies do spend millions of dollars 
getting celebrities and influencers to endorse the product. No doubt about it. You have ambassadors like that. But the interesting thing about alcohol is that every single drinker is in some way an ambassador. So if we think about some of the best products ever, you know, the most popular products in the world, a lot of them don't require advertising to get customers because it all happens from word of mouth. People get referred. They say, you know, I've just found this amazing restaurant in town. Have you tried it? Or, you know, you've you got to go and watch this movie in the cinema or... Have you checked out the new MacBook? Whatever it is, people talk about good products. Now with alcohol, think about this for a second. It's, it's like the dream product because people don't want to drink alone. Okay, sure, people do drink alone, but a lot of the time people want to encourage others to drink with them because they know that what they're doing is ludicrous. They know that they're drinking something that does nothing for them. Deep down, they know that. And to do it alone, it's, I'm not trying to say that people don't drink alone. Like there were, there were times when I drank alone. And I'm sure there's times where you may have drank alone. But most people want to encourage the people around them to drink so they don't feel awkward. So alcohol as a product has millions, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of ambassadors, of people that will you know, encourage their friends to consume that product. And this is, you know, a, a business person's dream. You've got every single person that has the product because it's so addictive and because they don't really want to do it alone all of the time, you're going to have people that are just promoting your product again and again and again and again. And, again. and this is just massive because this can happen from people that you look up to, people that, you, that you're close to. It could happen with family members, with best friends. And it's, it's those people that are saying, come on, let's go and have a few. Let's, do, let's go and drink this. Let's go and drink that. And because this can happen from people that we're so close to, this is one of the hardest things for people to overcome. But it's why you need such a, you know, such a strong worldview, such a strong paradigm that when this happens to you, you're kind of able to say, like, I'm good. Like, I, I don't want to do that. That's when you don't get influenced by ambassadors. That's when you can rise above and just say, no, I'm okay. I don't want that anymore. That's not part of me anymore. So ambassadors, that's another way that we're seduced to drink alcohol. Now, the fourth way that we can be seduced to drink alcohol is in relaxation and stress relief reference experiences. Now, you can have positive reference experiences and negative reference experiences. Like one example of this is with public speaking. There's an organi organization called uh, Toastmasters, and it's something that I did at, at university to learn how to speak in public. And what Toastmasters does is, is, is you speak in public, you'll do a speech, you'll, you'll do, uh, you know, like some impromptu speeches or whatever, and people will applaud and they'll be, you know, respectful and, and they'll really give you a positive reference experience that even if you're not a great speaker, when you go up on stage, and you do the presentation and you, and you do your speech and then people clap and they give you like a thumbs up. It gets you into a, a, a more confident frame of mind. And Toastmasters is really cool. It's really fun. Hard at first, but a great thing to do. And it's creating this reference experience. So then when you go to do a speech at work or whatever, you feel a lot more confident. You just feel comfortable. And you expect something positive to happen because you've had this experience, this reference experience happening again and again and again. Now, here's the thing. With drinkers is what drinkers do is they'll go through their entire day feeling stressed, right? They might've had a really stressful day and they might not have had a drink for 24 hours. Now, what happens is over those 24 hours, the alcohol craving is just going up and up and up because there's been a longer period of time since their last drink. So they've had a stressful day, alcohol craving is going up and it gets to a point where the drinker really wants to have a drink. And then what they do is they drink the drink and then all of a sudden the stress goes. They start to feel relaxed. They start to feel good. And then what they do is they associate the alcohol with actually creating the relaxation and the stress relief. And they have a reference experience. They feel like, okay, I'm stressed. I feel a little bit uncomfortable. I don't feel very relaxed. I have a drink and boom, all of a sudden, instant relaxation, instant stress relief. What people don't realize is that it's alcohol causing the feeling of being unrelaxed in the first place. It's the feeling of discomfort that alcohol is creating. But because people don't realize that, because people think that it's alcohol that's 
creating the feeling of relaxation, they have a positive reference experience. They feel like alcohol is helping them when it's not. It's just creating the problem in the first place of being unrelaxed. I don't need to consume a drug anymore to relieve stress. I can watch a movie or have a bath or hang out and go out for a ride on my motorbike. I don't need to consume a drug that does nothing for me that just exacerbates the problem anyway. But we're almost seduced, we're almost tricked into doing it just through sheer repetition, through all of these reference experiences. So that is definitely another huge way that alcohol seduces people. And really the final thing that I wanna to touch on is the identity of a drinker that is trying to quit. And this is a little bit of a different one. It's not really a way that we're being tricked into drinking, but this is the way that drinkers view themselves. Most people that want to stop drinking is they give themselves the identity of somebody that is trying to quit. At the moment, I'm trying to stop. I'm, I'm not drinking at the moment. And when people do this is they don't commit. They've not gone all in. They've not got into that state of mind where they are just like, I'm doing this for real. I'm making this happen. And they live their life battling. They live their life trying forever. So then what happens is all of these things that I've spoken about, we're just a lot more susceptible to them. If we've gone all in, if we've committed, if we've built that paradigm where we see alcohol in a different state of mind altogether, we don't have the identity of somebody that's trying to drink. We see it for what it is. We can see through all of this stuff and then just make the decision to not drink. It's very different than trying to stop. And that's why I say it's all about committing. It's all about going all in. It's not about trying. It's about just going for it. And if you want my personal help doing that, then make sure to click one of the links in the description. There's a few videos that you can watch that explains the program, how I help people in the Sober Clear program using first principles thinking. But most people just don't do that. Most people don't commit. Most people don't go all in. Most people try for years. And that's why that roller coaster happens. You know, I tried to stop drinking for 10 years and then made a decision. I went all in and it's been over three years now and I've never looked back. I'm not trying anymore. I'm just a non-drinker. That's who I am on the identity level. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed this video. Have a fantastic day.